You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome back to the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folk here this week, and we it's a Marvel-centric episode, sadly enough. <laughs> what am I saying, sadly enough? They're the ones making all the money right now. They're the ones out there making, you know, bringing us really good entertainment, and we got a twofer for you tonight. We are going to foray the rants and raves. We're going to foray the geek seat. We're going to jump right in, and we're going to talk all about Moon Knight this week. And later on in the show, we're going to be talking all about the new Doctor Strange movie. So we have a full one. And, you know, if you haven't seen either of them, folks, we are going to spoil the hell out of them. So, you know what? Go to an alternate dimension and go ahead and uh, watch him first and then come back because we'll still be talking probably hours from now about the topics. So it should be a ton when to talk about tonight. So, and speaking of that, we have a couple great guests with us, of course. Let's welcome, of course, our movie gal, Ashley Pauls. Hello, thanks for having me back. It is great to have you, Ashley. And, of course, Mr. Bobby Nash is here, returning back to the show. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, we decided to open the airlock and let you yeah. out. Yeah. Gotta air it out in there every so often. Exactly. As soon as we get it like this crack... Bobby gets down on the floor and squeezes himself out. It's pretty awesome. Really, that is that is the doorway to the multiverse of madness, that airlock. <laughs> that almost explains so much more. Thanks. But it is, it is great to have you both here. And, of course, the man who ha- has a whole multiverse of madness to himself, Mr. Mike Gordon. How many versions of Howdy is there out there? <laughs> That's the question. Howdy, just the one and be grateful for it. Uh, yeah, I don't think the multiverse could handle more of me. I certainly couldn't. So, uh, so yeah, it's just best that way. So there's only Let's... one Mike Gordon and one America. Got it. <laughs> but no, no howdy verse. I think, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that now that would be madness. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know. In another alternate dimension, Mike is actually doing a podcast with Tiki Zombie himself. So, yeah. oddly enough, nothing in common with the Doctor Strange uh, multiverse stuff, but you know, lots of lots of things in common with Moon Knight and talking to myself. <laughs> exactly. Halfway through the episode, we're all changed to British accents. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll be our names will be Stephen. <laughs> Moon Knight is the multiverse of madness in his mind. Oh, especially with that end scene. But we'll get into that in a, you know, in a few minutes and everything. Uh, but definitely would love to hear from everyone at home. Please write us feedback at earthstation1.com. And of course, you know, if you haven't listened to us before, this is your first time. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. 
And we have a great show here. We, you know, are up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you know, wherever you listen to good podcasts, Earth Station One is there right along with them. So definitely check it out. And if you get a chance, please leave us feedback. Five stars is preferred. If you didn't like us, five stars is still preferred. So please go ahead and, you know, definitely leave five stars for us. We would really appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. I met some folks up in Providence, Rhode Island, actually, over the weekend and gave them a couple postcards because I went for free comic book day up on Saturday. And we actually got to go and give out a couple postcards up there. So, you know, people I met up there, I definitely thank you for saying hi and saying, oh, Podcast sounds awesome, you know, and everything. And I said, you no, haven't listened they yet. Say, they would say it's wicked cool. It's wicked cool. <laughs> it's wicked cool. I thought that's, yeah, I th- thought you had to get into Massachusetts for that. That's just all of New England. All of New England. Okay. Got it. Gotcha. But I went to this place called Shaw's. It was everyone's, you know, that's how they pronounced it too. Shaw's. So it was, it was interesting. So yeah. Um, went to a couple different, I went to three different comic shops over the weekend and it was, it was fun. And, you know, it'll be very interesting to see if we get gain any traction up there because, you know, that's Kevin Eldridge territory. I felt, you know, I felt like I was getting too close to Chicken Town. So it was just a little interesting there. But anyway, definitely thank you for joining us. A big shout out also to our friends over at Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical is a great place to get sunglasses. Now that summer is pretty much here for most of the country. Didn't feel like it up in Rhode Island, but it, it was there. And you know what, folks? Tifosi Optical is an amazing sunglass drawer. If you want to get your own colored lenses, your own colored frames, pick them. You could do it. And even if you have a prescription, they could take your prescription and give you the sunglasses of your dreams. Pretty awesome. And as a big thank you, put in the coupon code EarthStation1 and you get 10% off your whole order. Just not one pair of glasses, a whole order. That's pretty big nowadays because most places only do like one and done. So definitely check it out. Earth Station One is the coupon code and Tifosi Optics is the website. Check them out. Hello and welcome to Staying Awake. I have a sleeping disorder. I can't tell the difference between my waking life and dreams. Hello and welcome to Staying Awake. <laughs> I'm losing it. We'll catch you on. You're bloody useless. Stevie. Steven. <laughs> I can't tell the difference between my eyes and dreams. Thank you. Lost the contact lens. Hope you find it. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, you're alive. What's wrong with you, Mark? Why did you call me Mark? It must be very difficult. The voice is in your head. Shut up! There's chaos in you. Embrace. 
All right, folks, let's jump into the world of Mark Spector. Are you ready? And, you know, or are we going to be talking about Stephen Grant first? That's the question. Who, you know, the chicken or the egg? And Moon Knight was a very, very thought-provoking show. And I'll jump out with it for, real quick. Um, has anyone here read the comics, like the early ones and anything? Mm -hmm. And I know... You know, I I came in later, but I went back and I picked up, like, the Marvel, you know, the phone books they have and everything with his early appearances. Because I remember he actually first appeared in Werewolf by Night, actually. Right, right. And then he got his own series later on because he had a couple specials and stuff. But And did they – but they started him off with the three different identities. But he wasn't insane. Like, you know. Right, right. They were – they were – they were – they were just aliases, kind of like Batman and Matches Malone. Right. You know, it was, yeah. Exactly. He had, But the big thing was he had three different secret identities, mm -hmm. and every, all of them were Moon Knight. And it was it was real interesting. And they didn't bring out the whole thing with the different personalities and such until a lot later into the run. Yeah, he's a character that's been reinvented many times because – you know the Moon Knight series. It, it was it, they never they haven't lasted a long period individually. It's the book will be out for a while and it kind of goes away. Then somebody kind of brings it back and there's a little different. And, um, yeah, so like the mysticism stuff kind of came later too. Oh yeah, basically it doesn't sell. It didn't. It didn't sell. <laughs> yeah. on, it didn't just go away. It didn't yeah. sell. Um, but I mean, I get that, and I don't have. Uh, you know, I was aware of Moon Knight. Um, and I always heard that he was Marvel's answer to Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, when did uh Kanchu come into play? Was that later? Well, Kanchu was there at the beginning, but as in, in his origin, he did you know, Kanchu saved him, but Kanchu didn't like go on. That was it, it was so you know, gotcha. it's like the radioactive spider that did Spider Man didn't stick around, it was kind of that, but it wasn't until like the other. Mike, you may have to back me up. But I think it's the nineties. Yeah, it was. Like, it was like the started. early nineties, because because yeah. that's when he started wearing like the bracelets and he had yeah. remember the Egyptian symbols on him and everything like that. Um, yeah, it was. I don't remember which writer it was. It was fist, that, yeah, because didn't they call it like the Fist of Conchu or yeah something like that? Was the series name? Yeah, and but because yeah, you're right. My in the early days, he was very much a Batman clone. Um, to the point where there was even a running joke about it because Bill Sienkiewicz mm -hmm. in his early days drew very much like Neil Adams. And there were a couple of ads like Neil Adams did one where did a, a joke where uh, it was in one of the comic magazines where Batman was making fun of Moon Knight, you know, and then so Bill Sienkiewicz did one. Yeah, you know, where Moon Knight was making fun of Batman. You know, it was kind of that friendly because they knew each other too. There was a friendly I think a friendly rivalry there that mm -hmm. uh exactly and in, in Moon Knight in the comic, that's where Bill Shinkevich um basically took off as an artist because he started going more avant-garde and stuff, which carried into the new mutants that he did, the Daredevil that he did, and you know, all these different series that he drew. But Moon Knight was where he you know, sharpened his teeth, as they like to say. And it yeah, was some amazing some stuff. Those absolutely stunning covers 
Yes. I remember the covers were really the thing that first attracted me to to the that moon. Uh, Doug Munch, I believe, was writing them, and, and Bill Sinkovich doing the art. And those covers were so – it wasn't like a standard. These were more like an adult, almost adult-like run you know so before they had like an adult line but they were more mature uh, mature books yeah, yeah but they but there were just the way the covers look they didn't look like your typical comic book cover and some of the really stand out if you go back and look at look at some of those old covers mm-hmm. i think uh the picture that's behind you for those who are watching mm-hmm. you know not at home but or you know kind of looking at the pictures and stuff um you know, is this based off of uh, one of those drawings? I think. Right. Yeah. And yeah, uh, there was a lot. He would do a lot of stuff with a lot of yeah. There was a lot of blank space. Like there's one I remember where Werewolf by Night shows up in the book, and like the cover's all black except for like one little stripe, and it's him and him and being attacked by the werewolf just in the stripe. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome because in a lot of the scenes. Um, that he did was the werewolf. All you saw was his teeth and his eyes. He's- and it, yes. it was pretty amazing stuff. But I yeah, he, actually think I have. Sorry, Mike. I, I just I was going to think, and I don't have any. I don't think Moon Knight issues in my collection. I've been curious lately. I think a few years ago, Jeff Lemire did a run, and I've been curious because I really appreciate his work. But um, yeah, I haven't been familiar with them at all. So um, uh, not to that extent. I mean, I, that's all about all I knew. Um, so not really reading anything personally and 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 Ashley I'm imagining you have you experienced the character or been exposed to the character at all before this not really no um I was basically drawn to the series because I'm a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan so yep so I'm, like, there. I'm there and I also am a really big fan of Oscar Isaac I loved him as Poe Dameron in the Star Wars franchise and other roles so I'm really excited any time they are able to bring like a prestigious actor into the MCU. Although at this point, I feel like who hasn't been in the MCU, but I was just really excited to see what drew him to this character and um, what he would bring to the role. And I think he did a really amazing job just portraying the different personalities of Moon Knight, but making it also believable. Like Mark and Steven felt like separate persons and I could always tell which one was in control. You know, not just the way he was talking, but body language and mannerisms and how he behaved. So I'm sure that was a uh, challenging role to get into, but I thought he did a great job. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Oscar Isaacs was fantastic as the role of Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant slash... We'll hold off on the last one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Possibly I, I thought, more. Yeah, I thought that was also cool, too. There was a cool visual between Stephen and Mark. Like, even his hair was combed a little different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it was it, you know, so there was a lot of minor things. But you're right, his mannerisms were, you know, yeah, there was, I was never confused about who was talking. No, right. the body language, his, even because Stephen was a little bit slumped in parts yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was really, really well done, and you, you kind of felt bad for Stephen for a while at points, and you know, it was it was a great, great story, and we might as well jump in with both feet because it starts focusing on Stephen right away. You don't even find out about Mark until the end of the episode, you know. And well, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious, Ashley, since you had no foreknowledge did did the multiple personality thing come as a shock 
or did it, did it make, I mean, I'm curious if it made sense to you not knowing anything about. Yeah, I had heard some coverage in advance. So I knew in some fan conversations, so I knew that he was going to be playing different personalities, but it was interesting starting, making the choice to start off with Steven. Cause I, you know, he doesn't seem like the type of person who would be a vigilante. And so mm-hmm. I'm wondering like, this is, this is interesting. Like, how does he become Moon Knight? And I kind of like, they just throw you into it. And it almost is unsettling. Like after the first episode, I was kind of like, I don't know what the heck I just watched, but I'm ready to see more. So I think they do a really great job, not like holding your hand through it, but like bringing you in and making you intrigued to find out what's going on. So yeah, I think even if you're not familiar with the character, like it's still well worth a watch. Oh, very much so. It's, it's a very interesting story and, you know, I loved at the end of some of the episodes, they actually put notif- notices about mul- people with multiple personalities inside that if you have needs to talk to somebody about it. And, and, and that was Bravo on Marvel's part. And, you know, I'm glad they did that. Um, it was, it was great though. Cause you know, I loved the scene in the very first episode where, you know, you know, you, you learn about Steven and he's kind of a schlub. You know, a big time schlub. And he then goes and, you know, all of a sudden he goes to bed at night. The next thing he does, he wakes up and he's in this small little quaint European town. It's like, uh, what? I got to be dreaming. I got to be dreaming. And that's where things start really going BS crazy. I, I like the I like the way they did. They showed the that change in the first episode where. He black the blackouts. I liked how they they filmed that, how they how they made that work. I thought they did a really good job with that. Oh, very much so. Agree. And I like you know, and when it was coming on, you know, he had the eyes rolling back into the back of his head and everything. And then he mm-hmm. wakes up, and you know, it's like ten minutes later, and there's bodies everywhere, <laughs> or there's you know, he's in the middle, he's taking the ice the ice cream truck or something, and it's just it's it was just awesome. It was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm going to go back to Ashley, you know, did you even have a clue what was going on there? Or were you like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah, I (laughs) I did not like it was it was really there were points that were disconcerting and um, unsettling. But I think that works in the show's favor because um, like you're meant like I felt like I was right there with Steven like I, like he was confused he was trying to figure out what was going on I was rooting for him I was also confused and trying to figure out what was going on so I felt like that actually worked in the story's favor it really pulled me in and you hear this weird voice coming out of nowhere you know? yeah <laughs> I was like man this is weird but again like compelling like I wanted to keep watching like the weirdness and the trippiness didn't push me away it just pulled me further into the story wanting to find out what happened no, exactly. Yeah. And I like too that I know one of the criticisms I saw from some people was that it didn't feel like that they, they were expecting Moon Knight to already be this superhero out doing stuff. And that wasn't the story they were telling. And I like that we were seeing how it all comes together mm-hmm. so that, you know, and I, I thought they did a really good job with that and, you know, setting the stage to where if they do more, I mean, I'm assuming we'll see Moon Knight again. I, d- I don't know that. I'm, I do know there's a Werewolf by Night series coming. 
Yes. So I kind of suspect with their ties that Moon Knight would make some kind of appearance there, but I don't know that. Well, I know the werewolf by night is only going to be a one shot. It's going to be. And so it's not even a series. So I'd be very curious if they did finally tie, you know, him in because I was Mm -hmm. fully expecting to see the werewolf in the final episode and everything. I was like waiting for it, waiting for it. But we also got another superhero, but we'll talk about that in a few too. Mm -hmm. And yes, yes. Collectors have been, uh, dealers have been going through the quarter boxes since that aired because those, those quarter issues that couldn't sell for a quarter are now worth a few more bucks. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of funny because I loved, you know, because Moon Knight was, you could, you could, before the mini series, um, cause right now they've not announced the second season. So we're, we're calling it a mini series cause you know, it's going to be like Hawkeye right now. It's a one and done type series. And it seems like that's what they're doing a lot with these Mar- Disney plus series and everything. So I loved, you know, also how you not only got moon Knight, but you also got Mr. Knight too. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. And then I loved how it was Steven in charge of Mr. Knight. And it was like, cause I was wondering how they were going to do it. And cause I had stopped reading the series by the time he came around. Cause he was not at right at the beginning. Right. And everything. So it was cool. Um, and what did you guys think of the bad guy in this? I thought Ethan Hawke was quite, quite menacing. Oh yeah. He was um, very creepy. Yeah. But what, what oddly enough, I think where I enjoyed him most was when he was playing the therapist. Oh, he was creepy it, it, as hell as the therapist. Yeah, even though he was good, you know, with the long hair walking around doing stuff, I thought the bits with him as the therapist was was quite compelling. There was a lot because between because when you put two actors of that caliber together that are that good, you can have a scene where it's just two people talking to each other and you're riveted. And and we oh, yeah. got a lot of that. So you can just feel the tension in those yeah. scenes, like it's just people talking. But yeah, great performances. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, too, because you were questioning what was real and what was not, actually. You know, maybe he was in the mental institution the whole time and it was all in his head. And I was just like, oh, that's cool. I don't think they did a great job in letting us think that. Um, There was no way that I thought that, like, that the stuff in the mental institution was real. I thought that was all in his head for sure. and I thought that Harrow was okay as a villain. Not great, but okay. Um, Ethan Hawke was all right. Man, he's getting paid a lot <laughs> these days. Uh, I mean, he used to do like a lot of like alternative type, you know, serious movies, so to speak. And now he's just collecting checks with this and Northman and Black Phone that's coming out. Knives Out 2 he's going to be in. So, yeah, we're getting a lot of Ethan Hawke. Um, but he's a great actor. And and like you guys said, he he acts really well with, Isaac like they do they're great together mm-hmm. um but as far as I don't know I think part of it too was just I thought the storyline was stretched overall I thought this is the first time I've watched a Marvel series where I thought man this could have been only four episodes or three um it felt like it was stretched out to me wow you sound like an old series Doctor Who review there <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting too because I thought you know the first time you see him he's crushing glass into his shoes and putting them on, it was like Judy was oh. just Judy was just like, 
what the? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do the expletive that Judy does. Because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Judy's got such a foul mouth. She does. She does. Yeah. You know, sailors blush when they're around her, so it's okay. They don't but, really do anything with that, though. I mean, we, like they established that these he does this, but it, it doesn't really, after we learn about him, it doesn't even really feel like that was something he would do. Like, it's just like, it, it doesn't, they don't really do anything with that, I don't feel. No, they don't. I agree with that. It kind of was like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, where are they going to, that he's meant to feel the pain of each step he walks or, you know, something like that. But they didn't touch on it at all. Well, at the end, I mean, in the mental institution, there is a bit there near the end when he's losing, when every step leaves a bloody footprint. Mm -hmm. I thought that was part of playing off of that, but. Mm-hmm. But they, yeah, they don't overly explain it. It's just like, where did the blood come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did Mark know that he did that? Like, because if that's in his head, how does he? Like, I don't know. There's just yeah. a lot of stuff that doesn't add up there. But it, I mean, it's cool. I, I I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not complaining. It's just, I, you know what? When Harold died at the end, I wasn't sad that we wouldn't see him again. No, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh man, they just killed a really good bad guy. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. No, now, ahead. I did love, I did love, you know, since talking about the battle at the end, I did love how the fight between the, the men, the humans, and the fight between the, the, the gods and the, the giants mirrored each other. The yeah. Fights, that the fights were, the choreography was the same for both. If Moon Knight fell, Conchu fell. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and I thought that the effects of that were really brilliant. Seeing these giants mm-hmm. fighting over the over the buildings, it, it didn't look like green screen behind them or anything. Yeah. It was actually really well done. And I did, you know, I did like it, you know, that you know Stephen had equal time than Mark because I didn't want it to be that Stephen was introduced at the beginning of it and then it would be all Mark from the rest of the the show and everything i was worried about that for a little bit but i liked how you know steven kept on popping his head in and even had you know some pivotal points because he was the expert on egypt lore and everything so you know and i also literally loved the character of layla i thought she was awesome and she wasn't one of those oh mark save me save me no not at all which is a little different from the character because it wasn't layla when it was in the original comics but his girlfriend there was one of those in the original books was one that he had to save quite often right so i thought layla layla's pretty badass i I thought she was fantastic and then when she gets the the scarab suit oh that was so awesome i was geeking out like oh this is so cool like again i'm not familiar with the comics but the costume just looked really cool. It was fun to see them team up and use these powers. Yeah. Yeah. The, the silver, the, the, the scarab, the, is it, it's the scarlet scarab or the scarlet silver scarab? Scarab. Scarlet, scarab. scarlet scarab. Yes. It's like a, appeared in like two issues of Thor, like in not Thor's good runs, you know? No. <laughs> the other ones. Well, yeah. Scarlet this scarab was... also appeared um, in the invaders was created yeah. by Roy Thomas actually. Yeah. So it was an old World War II. It was the, the hero of Egypt during World War II. So it was just interesting to see. And truthfully, I think she did that body armor, you know, blocking the bullets and everything, way better than Wonder Woman did in Wonder Woman 84. Come on, folks. And it, it's, it's, not a like, high, that's, it's not a high bar, Mike. I know. <laughs> Wonder, Wonder Woman 84, calling callbacks to that, not, not, not really big 
stretch to say that something's yeah. better than that. No, but I would I wouldn't mind seeing more of the Scarlet Scarab in other yeah. you know, other shows. I'd like to see her come back. Yeah, I agreed. But it was interesting too because he um I know originally when they started writing the series, Echo was supposed to be the girlfriend instead of her being mm. in Hawkeye that they were trying to mm. ways to introduce her into wow, the MCU. Been weird. That would have been a very interesting change. Yeah, that doesn't even make that, that wouldn't even make sense to me. Well, she has nothing to do with that at all. <laughs> nope. So it would have been very interesting. Um, I did like, you know, how there were times in the series you got hints about Jake. You got major hints about Jake, that mm-hmm. and but they didn't do the full on introduction of him until the end of the series at the after credit scene. Yeah, I thought that was pretty lazy, actually. Because it didn't really make sense from a character point of view. When he was meeting, like, when he was dying and they were balancing his scales, Jake should have been part of that as well, but they just acted like he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, or he was in a room, like... In, well, he was in a sarcophagus. Yeah, yeah, he was in a sarcophagus in a room in the in the mental institution of his mind. But as far as the scales go, because I would imagine that Jake's part in the scales would, like, weigh them down a lot. <laughs> and 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 yet... Like, it didn't really make, like, but obviously they wanted to keep that to the end so we could be like, oh, my God, look, it's somebody like, mm-hmm. where, you know, if you don't know, well, Ashley, let me ask you, because you don't know about Jake. So you weren't constantly waiting for him, right? I was, once we saw, like, in the mind with the shaking sarcophagus, I figured there was something to that. I thought, I figured there was something else that we hadn't learned about his character. So um, I didn't know about the name of the other personality, but I was kind of expecting something, some surprise to come along just based on what we saw teasers in the episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, they, of course they, they allude to it when there's a bunch of people that are dead and neither one of them, right. you know, Stephen and Mark are both like, you did this. No, I didn't do mm-hmm. this. You, you know, who did this? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cause there was scenes earlier where, it was the same thing where they were in the roof in Egypt and Mark didn't do it and neither did um, Stephen. So it was like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's like, oh, are they going to be introducing Jake? And I kept on waiting for it. You know, I wonder, I wonder what his Moon Knight costume would look like. Mm. 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 Batman. No. <laughs> <laughs> It would be awesome, though. I'm very curious to see. And I like, you know, overall, I was very entertaining and I enjoyed the series itself. You know, there were times when I wished, oh, they need more Moon Knight in this. There was more. It was more just them out of him out of costume or anything. But, you know, then again, they did what an episode, almost two episodes with them in the mental institution. Mm-hmm. And so. So it was it was just interesting to see, you know, that was all in their mind. So I heard a lot of criticism about that, that, oh, we didn't get to see the superhero as much. And did you guys feel that? Yes. A, a bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do wonder, I mean, because we did have a week between all of them, mm-hmm. I wonder if binging it, would if it would feel faster. I, I don't know. But, yeah, it did feel like, some some t- episodes moved a little slow because it did take a while to get to to the action. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I really enjoyed what we got, but I would have loved to see more in the costume just because it is such a cool suit. It's something different than we see in the MCU. I so interesting the way like the uh, strips of the fabric wrap, wrap around him kind of like evoking that mummy Egyptian imagery. And it was cool to see his powers and like with flying and all that stuff. So yeah, I would have liked to see more in the costume as well, just because it's such a cool design. Yeah. I did, I did geek out when he leaps and the, the, the way the, the, the cape flies out into the mm-hmm. moon shape, which I've seen in the comics many times. Right. I did kind of geek out over that visual. Yeah. That looked really cool. And I loved how, you know, his symbol was the, like the boomerangs and everything. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty awesome. Cause. And, and, and the look of Conchu was pretty, pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's not a, you know, that's, <laughs> I know from in the comics, that's not an easy character to draw. I can't imagine it was an easy character to animate. Oh right? God, no. And it, it's interesting too, because I loved, you know, what he represents, how he represented it and everything. And. I love when he got captured and turned into the statue and then Mark's reaction, you know, mm. you know, cause everything was like literally sucked up. I was almost fully expecting, Oh, every wound he ever got or anything is back. Mm-hmm. You know? And you know, he dies there right on the spot or something that yeah. would have been it, interesting. It was an interesting, it was an interesting version of Conchu because in the comics, Conchu is not really a good guy, you know, and like he was in this, but but he does do a few things in like saving Mark, I guess you know. But then again, everything was for Conchu's own end, and uh, but and you know, F. Murray Abraham, I know, did the voice. Oh, he was I, awesome, you know. I couldn't tell it was him, but <laughs> but you know, I know it was him doing the voice, and um, yeah, there was something wrong with my sound system or something because I had a hard time hearing him every time he spoke. I had I, well. I ended up actually having to turn the closed caption because I could hear everything else in the show, but I don't know if his voice was just too low, but I just couldn't hear him. I just heard it like a mumbling, a rumbling. And so mm. I had to boost mm. that up. Um, so that was, that was odd. But um, apart from that, I thought he was cool. I did like the fact that they used, you know, Egyptian lore, Egyptian gods and, and, and like a lot of the gods of old, the Greek gods, the Roman gods, the Norse gods or whatever. They're not really good beings <laughs> like none of them are like they all have issues um which is kind of the fun with it right and it, it's kind of nice to have a hero here like moon knight that does for norse myth what does for egyptian mythology what thor does for north myth mm-hmm. north mythology uh and i'm just really glad that you know that that someone like layla is there because otherwise you know it would be uncomfortable having this you know, this, this white guy, uh, be like, you know, the one who is enacting all these things for the Egyptian gods. Oh yeah. yeah. Plus but, I know we're, we're, and we're about to get, we're about to get the, uh, Zeus and them in the next Thor movie that, that, yep. that pantheon sure, of gods. Sure. So I, I, you know, so they, they're really starting to open up the, the, the Marvel's Right, Pantheon right, especially gods. with the yeah. Chinese mysticism from Shang Chi and mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah, we're getting a lot more world building, literally, like all yeah. across the planet, mm-hmm. um, and 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 across the universe with the Eternals, right? So we're yeah. we're getting a like a lot of different points of view with all that. I have to believe that a that's because they they want to be more diverse, and two, I think that there's you know there's there's a plan, um, like there's some that we're seeing the first 
part of a plan that's going to involve something that brings all of this together. Sure. Well, in the new Thor movie, also, you're going to have a villain who is a God killer. So, you, mm-hmm. you know, is it going to, you know, it'd be very interesting to see, you know, if he takes out any of the Egyptian gods, if he takes out any of the Norse gods or even the Olympus gods or such, it would be very, you know, I'll be very curious to see how that comes about. So, mm-hmm. so again, then you, I won't even, you know, mention like the Eternals were, you know, the representation of the gods also. So you got that also in there and it's really neat that they're so, they are really expanding this universe real quickly. And we'll talk a lot about that with the multiverse in a little bit and everything. I loved the one character though. Uh, what was it? Tarret, the hippopotamus Scott. Uh-huh. And I loved at the end of the, the you hear the, the thumping and then she opens the door. Hi. <laughs> and they both like scream. I probably would have the same reaction as that. <laughs> And everything, it was good, and I loved the the character was awesome. Actually, I know you weren't that amused. <laughs> yeah, I I feel bad. Like the hippo goddess <laughs> wasn't my favorite. It felt it was hard because like those two episodes where he's in the mental institution, and then you show like his past trauma, and I felt like the hippo goddess didn't quite fit. But no offense to anyone that loved her, I didn't like Korg either, and I know people hate on me for that. So sometimes ah, it's a character ah. that doesn't click with you. So, but more power to people that enjoyed it <laughs> once again that's ashley paul's care of the ESO yeah that's Net. just it's <laughs> me don't hate on other people just send your hate directly to me so. well I, I didn't really know who she was you know what her character was or anything when i first saw her i thought it was funny i mean a lot of people were comparing her to the news who reviews henrietta hippo um which is kind of funny um but but yeah finding out that she was the goddess of of sort of like the goddess related to the transportation of the dead and balancing the scales and all that. Yeah. She really doesn't feel like, I mean, that voice doesn't really feel like it reconciles with that same character. So that did feel off to me as well. Yeah. Now the villain, the, I, I'm, uh, what, uh, what was the villain's name? The main, the, the, the crocodile guy. Oh, um, oh. Is it Amit? Amit. Yes. I, I did enjoy that. I did enjoy yes. that. Uh, that yeah. No, um, that was an interesting character. And, you know, we're supposed to be working on the same side and taking and it was it was actually horrifying. Like when they were, you know, she was eating the souls of the people, you know, as and it was feeding on it. And it was just really, really that was some great scenes and everything. Mm -hmm. And I loved, you know, I liked the episode, but I wish, um, you know, the flashback was okay and it did explain a lot and i liked you know then you know explained that the whole thing with steven and mark you know you know going crazy you know because it used to be that steven was just there as a reflex in a lot of ways but then the whole thing that you know as they said after his mom passed away finally that's when you know the whole thing you know exploded with him and steven and yeah, I really thought they were going to tie that into the blip in some ways, but they didn't. Um, I really saw like, because I thought they had an opportunity to do something like that, where maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what they could have done, but, uh, or we could talk all night about what they could have done. Um, but <laughs> Could have, should have, would have, my friend. <laughs> I forgot I had another writer on here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
um, you know, I thought that that was uh, okay. I did think that, you know, the origin, his origin story is pretty brutal, um, especially, you know, the, 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 the things going on with his mother and everything. And I thought that was handled with, at the same time with, it was brutal, but it was handled with sensitivity. And I found it really interesting. And one of the most compelling origin stories of anybody that we've seen in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is kind of the most yeah it's probably the one that with, with the least ties to the mcu at large mm-hmm. this really did seem to be its own little corner right? pocket, corner yes. yeah yeah you know? in fact uh, i was um, yeah that's was going to be one of the things i was wondering about how you guys felt about that did you was there's really nothing in this that connects uh with anything that we've seen yeah. so far in the mcu or could connect is that does that feel weird I I don't know if it feels weird, but it's I don't need everything to be connected. I'm no. I'm totally fine with it not. But like when I you know when when we found out because they mentioned earlier that he was a mercenary or was you know taking those kind of I half expected oh he worked for Shield or Hydra, you know, but right. they did and that was fine. I didn't need that. No, exactly. And so when those things are there, they're pretty cool. But if they're not, I mean, yeah, they're not necessary all the time. They're right. in the well, same this, universe the, and. Moon Knight never really joined in any of the teams other, you know, he did the Marvel Knights thing for a little bit. Well, he was an Avenger for a while. Yeah, but not for all that long. You know? Everybody and, was has been an Avenger. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Everyone in the MCU. <laughs> he was an Avenger back before it was the, it was cool, you know. To be an Avenger. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it but it was interesting and, you know, I did, you know, I do want to see more of the character. I definitely want to see what happens now. Um, the one thing I was like wondering, because you know they kept on going back to, you know when Layla's father was killed, and you know Mark tried to s- save him and everything. Um, I wonder. Part of me kept on thinking, I wonder if Jake killed him. I wonder if it was mm. and everything. That's good. And everything yeah. that they'll turn around and say, "Oh, it was Jake who did it." And so Mark and Stephen were innocent, but Jake not so much because I don't Jake think Jake works for Nick. Jake works for Nick Fury. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or Mephisto. Nobody, nobody was looking for Mephisto in this. In this <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah. in the flashback, it was pretty clear that his partner did. And that's why, and then his partner turned on him too. Yes. So I don't, I don't know if, I mean, that's going to be, that will be meaning rewriting stuff, which said they could do. I don't, you know. Well, they said but. basically that, you know, the partner, you know, went crazy and you know started you know turning against everybody and he was mark was trying to get everybody out and -hmm. everything all the archaeologists and everything including lila's father and that's you know that's how he got shot and he ended up at the temple i i think that uh if there's any connection that moon knight can have with any of the rest of the mcu that we've seen so far i think to me the logical connection is with the eternals um they're already based in london um i think wasn't uh one of them working at the museum like didn't they both work at the london museum uh there yeah yeah so i kind of expected we might get something there but um uh also the the supernatural ties with you know what we've got coming up with blade possibly um uh and and uh maybe even uh captain britain or something like that i i think we could you know, we could, I think he fits really in that, in sort of with that more than anything else. We'll have mm-hmm. to wait and see and everything. Yeah. But, yeah. This is not the last time we've seen Moon Knight. No. Yeah. And the people, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and it's amazing because yeah, they've had these things now. We see a giant celestial in the skies, and now we've seen all this, the, 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 the time travel with oh, the stars. Don't you the, remember when that happened, nice. Bobby? Come on. We yeah. all remember that. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, we look at these things individually and go, oh, that's cool. Imagine what it's like living in the Marvel Universe and those things just, you yeah, know. you know, they have a new It's pl- just Wednesday. Yeah, that's just Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> it's like, they have a, oh, they have look, a new place. A celestial. Yeah. They, have a new, they have a new island in the Indian Ocean that, you know, kind of has fingers sticking out of it, you know. <laughs> that's why, that's why civilians don't run. <laughs> that's right. They're just like, oh, you know what? I, it, I don't even know if this is really happening. Yeah, <laughs> it, could, it could just be that kind of Monday. Just sit down and take it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, it's like living in Sunnydale. You just kind of get used to it after a while. Yeah. You know? That's right. Uh, That's it's right. those damn vampires again. Jeez. <laughs> so just don't go out at night. Uh, so. so, any final thoughts on Moon Knight before we move on to the next? Would you recommend it to people? Absolutely. Sure. Sure. I, I thought it was pretty good. I don't. Yeah. I. I. I see. I've seen some pretty harsh criticism on it. Um, some of it's coming, I think, from the Moon Knight purists that uh, are uh, not happy with the way he's being portrayed. Um, and some, I think, are saying it might be too dark or whatever. Um, but I I thought it was great. I thought it was just another great MCU product. Awesome. So yeah, next. I, I think they're. I think the, the, the MCU does a good job. And I'm sure we'll talk about this in our next segment, too. They do a good job of cherry picking the good stuff from 60 years of history oh yeah you know and just grabbing the parts that they need and yeah and like mike said some of the purists don't oh i can't you know this wasn't there you know that kind of thing um i've tried i turn my brain off on that part because there are parts where i go oh you know i bet this and i i'm I'm almost always wrong because i know they're they're doing it their way (laughs) right um but but i can enjoy as a as a comic fan i do enjoy when i see those and recognize, ooh, I know where they got that from. And it, it works. And like I said, it's, Doctor Strange is full of those. But, but you know, seeing bits and pieces in Moon Knight, they're going like, ooh, I know where they got that from. Or I remember reading, you know, so th- those are cool moments. But, uh, yeah, I thought, it, I thought they made it work. That's awesome. That is awesome. I agree completely with that. So at least better than what they did in... Hawkeye, I didn't see any places I recognized from Atlanta. So uh, <laughs> uh, I do know that the stuff inside the inside the uh, the the the, the pyramids yeah. that was in Atlanta. Oh, that's cool. I, I also I also believe the mental institution was in Atlanta. That explains wrong, so. That explains so much. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> right there, that explains so much there. But awesome. Um, so definitely check out Moon Knight, folks. It was a ton of fun. Next we got up is Ms. Marvel coming up at the end of June. So, you know, Marvel's not letting up, folks. They've got <laughs> a lot of stuff coming our way still. So we'll probably be talking about Ms. Marvel probably towards the end of the summer. So it should be a lot of fun with that. So check it out. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. A fantabulous... Drew Leiter here. Wish you could keep up on DC Comics but don't have the time or the money? Not a problem. Join Cletus Jacobs and I as we bring you recaps and commentary on DC Comics, television, movies, and more, whether they are good or not. 
The Earth Station DCU podcast comes out weekly and is part of the ESO Network. Every night, I dream the same dream. Nightmare begins. I did what I had to do. To protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda. What do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. I'm sorry, Stephen. Your desecration of reality will not go unpunished. We should tell him the truth. Things just got out of hand. You break the rules. Look out! Become a hero. I do it. I become the enemy. Welcome back. Now it's time for the main segment, and we are going into the multiverse. The multiverse of madness. Take it away, Mikey. (laughs) It's a very strange place. Um, Very strange. Uh, We're going to talk all about Doctor Strange, uh, who had the number 11 all-time movie openings. Like, uh, like, that's huge. I mean, we don't have our, our normal box office guy here, Alex, but I was looking up the numbers, and it's crazy how big this opened. Uh, I think people were just waiting for this movie, but I think in large part because we talked about it last week, um, because it seemed like it was advertising itself as a sequel to Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, so I know Ashley and I, Ashley's not surprised with the opening, how big it opened, because we predicted it would do pretty well, right, Ashley? I know. I was excited to see it. It's like, oh, yes, I might <laughs> I might win that debate on the podcast. That, Thor. That we do our, yeah. <laughs> I just need um, Thor to open just a little bit lower so I can win that one. But Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, now, now, the real, now that we've seen the movie, I'll be really curious to hear your thoughts about uh, if that changes, because... Um, I think, you know, the movie, um, sort of the trailer didn't really depict exactly what we got here. Right. Um, so I'm really curious as to what, from the trailers, from everything you were looking at from Spider-Man or whatever, Ashley, tell me what you were expecting going into this. Yeah. Well, my expectations are pretty high for this. Um, 
Doctor Strange is one of my very favorite MCU movies. It's in my top five. And I just love that movie, have seen it many times. So I was very excited to see uh, Doctor Strange again. This movie feels a little bit different than the first one. It has a much more expansive storyline, more characters, a different director. And yeah, it definitely was a little bit different than I was expecting. In the end, I think I land kind of in the middle with this movie. There was some stuff I really, really liked, some things I didn't care for as much. But one thing I did really appreciate is the MCU taking chances, telling big, bold stories and taking risks like this. Even if I end up not like loving every storytelling choice they made, I'm glad that they're making uh, movies like this. I think phase four is definitely one of the most exciting phases of the MCU so far because they really are expanding the universe. And it's been kind of interesting to see people not agreeing either. Like I know Eternals wasn't one of my favorite MCU movies, but other people really loved it. I've seen very split responses on Multiverse of Madness as well. Some people saying, oh, this is my favorite MCU movie. And other people saying it was garbage. I hated it. I as long as people are respectful, I really like seeing debate and Mm -hmm. it's exciting to have art that speaks to people in different ways. So really looking forward to diving in more with our conversation tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Bobby, how, what were your expectations going into uh, this movie? Yeah. Well, you know, I, the trailers really, really, really made it look like the problem is because of what he did in Spider-Man. Oh, very much so. They, I mean, yeah, like, like there's even a line in the trailer when they, where they may, uh, what did you do, Steven? You know, you, <laughs> you, you know, look what you've done, you know, and taken out of context that, you know, cause what we see in the movie, obviously it's, it's completely different. Yeah, um, yeah. um, just real quick um, before you go further, um, I do have to want to re- reiterate for those people who might have skipped over our Moon Knight talk, uh, we are going to spoil Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk really about like everything that happens or everything that we, you know, that we uh, <laughs> that we liked and didn't like. So, uh, we're going to do a deep dive. So, if you haven't yeah. seen the movie, um, uh, you know. Get to a theater. I think, I think they're spoiled and, already for what we've already <laughs> said. <laughs> that's what well, good no. timing because I was about to drop a big one. There. Uh, that's what I figured. <laughs> I figured you were going there. You were figuring. Okay, no. go, go, go ahead. Because you know it. Well, but the trailer really makes it look like this is Doctor Strange's fault, and they have to fix it. When in fact, it's Wanda's doing. Wanda is doing all of this, mm-hmm. and the trailers make it look like Wanda. This is Wanda's redemption. If you've seen WandaVision, you know, Doctor Strange goes and gets her and brings her into the fold. And all the scenes of her in the trailer looks like her in heroic poses, you know, like she's helping him. So, yeah. So, I I, I realized she was the bad guy because they did this one tr- uh, thing that happens a lot, you know, that, it's, that where a lot of times you catch the villain, the secret villain. She knew America's name before mm-hmm. he told her and at that point because i remember like i was sitting next to one of my buddies and i yelled and it's like how does she know her name and then just that, that was and he's like oh i didn't say her you didn't tell me her name you know but um so yeah so i i was expecting one thing uh and got was surprised pleasantly in how they they pulled it off and i will say too you know to to, to echo what ashley said i like that marvel could sit back and rest on their laurels and just remake the same type of movie every time they could give us a cop they could give us almost a carbon copy of the first doctor strange and it would have done okay but they're taking chances Mm -hmm. you know 
they're they're trying to do things a little differently. Certainly, I think this one was more of an actiony horror movie. Like, there's not a, the first Doctor Strange had a lot of slower moments where we got into character and things were happening. This movie does not slow down. There is no slow part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's no. it does not. I mean, you're just it's it's one one problem or one battle to the next. I think the only, just, the one slow part I think was when he was talking to Wanda on the farm. I think that mm-hmm. was the slowest part of the movie. After that yeah. it was just like a roller coaster. Yeah, I think once we get that reveal that Wanda is the bad guy and the orchard the apple orchard goes away and you realize it's like this hellscape. Yeah, it, it, we're pretty much off to the races after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, yep. it doesn't slow down until it's over. And, uh, you know, so so as an audience member, there's no time for us to catch our breath and really think about things. They mm-hmm. really keep us moving. And I think they did it well. You know, there's certainly a lot of surprises in this. I'm sure we're going to talk about all the other characters that show up. And But, um, you know, I, but we'll yeah, I, was, I was pleasantly. Now, and also knowing Sam Raimi was doing it, I, I knew there would be more of a horror element. And the trailers do kind of show some of that. And and I was not surprised by that. But uh, he does that well. He does that type of story well. So, yeah, I, I thought it worked worked quite well. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the fact that it's fast-paced, mixes humor, horror, uh, undead beings mm-hmm. uh, talking, everything. Like, yeah, you kind of... blowing. You kind of <laughs> wonder why Sam Raimi was picked to direct this. Yeah. It just seems out of his wheelhouse completely not uh no 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 not at all Uh, well you know a book about uh, an evil book and sam raimi that you know i don't see how those things could ever go together i'm I'm just gonna uh, hit myself for the next three weeks instead you know (laughs) so so mike i think last week we have you on record as saying uh after watching the previews you thought there would be no story here it would just be an endless parade of characters cameos marching through here and not really much horror i was i was fully expecting that too from the trailers no no i know that's so how, how those were your expectations how did how were they met or not met? Um, about fifty fifty. You still got you know a lot of cameos or a lot of appearances by, and they did surprise me with some of the characters that they did get in here. You know they were expecting to have you know people were predicting oh it's gonna be Marvel zombies and all this type of stuff because you know everyone's saying oh watch what if because it's gonna you know matter for this and you know and such and it did a little bit. It did. If you didn't watch What If, there was a certain character in this movie, you would be, who the heck? But when I saw her, oh my God, I was grinning ear to ear for it. And then... You, you can say... Oh, I know. It was... It was, it was, it was <laughs> I tell you, it was to see Captain Carter on screen live was awesome. And then for her to say, I could do this all day was just like oh score right there and oh my god and the the jetpack oh the jetpack was freaking oh. awesome it's like why didn't steve think of that you know <laughs> steve didn't have a jetpack nope, exactly and then to see mr fantastic on the screen in the mcu that, yeah and that got the biggest applause 
in the theater that I because everyone's been predicting since they announced that they were doing a Fantastic Four movie for John Krasinski to be Mister Fantastic, Mm -hmm. and he handled it perfectly, and it was. I hope it stays. You know, when they bring in the MCU version or the six one six version of the FF, I hope it is John Krasinski because he knocked it out of the ballpark. And he's exactly the Reed Richards I've wanted to see on the big screen since the first time they did a Fantastic Four movie. I admit, I in seeing all these people wanting him, I couldn't see it. In my head, I was like, he's not the right guy. Having seen this movie now, I'm right there with you. He's the guy. <laughs> oh, he is the Reed from the comic books that I've wanted to see. And, you know, for the last 60 years, you know, from Stan and Jack all the way up. That's the, and it was neat seeing Charles Xavier from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. The cartoon, yeah. yeah. And, you know. He got the biggest pop in my, in my. Really? Game. Yeah. Yeah. He got the biggest pop. Poor, poor, uh, poor Black Bolt. Oh, no. No. Uh, Most yeah. people were like, yeah. who? <laughs> yeah. 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 I was yeah. like, is that from that ill-fated Marvel show that we don't talk about anymore? Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> That's Captain Pike. What? Yeah. <laughs> he be a better wear, association. Yeah. Because he doesn't wear that costume in the show. He didn't wear the costume in the show. So I, I don't think a lot of people even realize it was the same guy. No. And it was, but, it was awesome to, yeah. you know, make it, give him a comic accurate costume. When talking about you know the the reaction, and you might you might want to bleep this part, but there was when when Mister Fantastic showed up, and like I said, there was a big applause. There was someone somewhere in the theater I was at yelled, "Holy shit! <laughs> it's John Krasinski!" <laughs> <laughs> Which got a big laugh from the audience as well. Oh, but and yes, poor it's... and poor Black Bolt. You know, Mister Fantastic pretty much gave the Scarlet Witch the way to kill him. Yep. You know. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. You. It's like, gee, Mr. Richards, what did you do? You know, he, he just has to whisper your name. What mouth? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that was just like, that was awesome. And then you got to see Monica as Captain Marvel, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Too. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool to see. Oh, actually, that wasn't Monica. That was Monica's mother. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Maria. Maria. Sorry. Maria. Maria. So you got, that was, that was awesome to see her, you know, and cause it could have easily been Maria, you know, instead yeah. of Carol. So yeah. the and the trailer also kind of made it look like Baron Mordor was our Baron Mordor, like it was you know stuff yeah. we've seen. Mm-hmm. It almost made it look like oh yeah, we we teased this guy at the end of the first movie. It, they made it kind of seem like that too, and and that was a that was kind of a surprise that they weren't fully at odds, like mm-hmm. mortal enemies and whatnot. Exactly, and it's like oh yeah, he he drugged him, that bastard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. But that I was oh go ahead. Oh sorry, I was just gonna say that was one thing I was a little bit sad about because I loved Mordo the character so much from the first Doctor Strange movie. I thought he was such an interesting foil that I was kind of sad we didn't get more with his story. But hopefully they'll pick that back up mm-hmm. in a different um, film or whatever because I think there's still lots of cool storytelling they can do. Oh, with him. they they completely yeah, set up the, Doctor Strange three right at the. Apparently, uh, there is a longer version of this. There was 40 minutes more as mm. part of the quote-unquote Raimi cut um, with some more cameos, by the way, uh, that they cut, including one with Deadpool. Um, but uh, in that 40 minutes, one uh, the 616 Mordo helps out with defending uh, the base there oh, and uh, gets decapitated. 
So maybe it's a good thing that he's not in this movie. You know what? Yes, I think I will take the screen version instead. Yes, I'm I'm okay with how things are. (laughs) At least that's my understanding. Like, yeah, things do not think good things do not happen to him uh, in the Raimi cut. So, and and one of the cameos. So I guess you want to call it cameo. We only get the name once, but the fact that I love the fact that the guards were all Ultrons. Oh yeah. And and I was afraid they were going to go like at one point it, they do mention the name Ultron, but I, you know I just I I was wondering how many because it it didn't seem to that didn't seem to like woo the crowd when they were first appeared. But the uh, and in the forty minutes the Ultrons are um, I can't remember the name of character now, but the character who creates them is on as part of the Illuminati and it's Tom Cruise. Oh right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's supposed yes. to be Iron Man. Iron Man. It's supposed yeah. to be Tony Stark. Yeah, but he didn't go by, he wasn't Tony Stark. He was another, I can't remember the name of the character he's, he, he plays in this, but yeah. uh, anyway, go ahead. I'm um, sorry. No. It, yeah, is, I don't know if we'll ever see that cut, um, but maybe. It'd be very yeah. curious to see maybe on DVD or Blu-ray or something. Yeah. Or on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. On Disney Plus. The, you know, just, just keep tweeting and writing. Raimi That's right. Cut. Raimi Release cut. the yeah. Raimi <laughs> cut. Let's see the Raimi cut. Like, Let's yeah, all we know it works. Pool our we funds together. <laughs> Come on, exactly. patrons, donate. We'll buy a billboard. We'll put it up. Exactly. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be a, they'll, they'll spend more money. It'll be like a mini series. Patreon.com slash ESO Network. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm like you guys, my expectations going in were mixed. I didn't know what to think after seeing. I thought it was going to be a dark film. Uh, like last week, I thought I said that it was going to be dark. It was going to be more horror oriented. Certainly, the end clip that we clips of that we get uh, at the end of No Way Home make it look like it's going to be very dark. Uh, much it does look like it's going to tie into the Doctor Strange episode of What If, the Marvel Zombies episode of What If. Um, and of course, neither one of those is true. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, the, the, the trailers were very misleading. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I came out and I really enjoyed this. Um, and there is a lot going on and a lot to unpack because the one thing that I was thinking of after coming out of this movie is, wow, did we, who knew that WandaVision, the series was the origin of a supervillain? Yeah. Like did did I mean I kind of felt that after watching it because I thought that you know the way she was the way that that series ended I thought was unsatisfying because she still had a lot to atone for and I didn't I still didn't think that she was in a good place uh, psychologically and this kind of just goes full bore with that. <laughs> like, yeah, well I think um, the trailers you know the, the trailers make it almost seem like this is her redemption story. Oh, yeah, very absolutely. much so. We were absolutely. saying that last week. We were thinking yeah. that. And and that is totally not the case. It does really... I mean, you look at the movie poster and you're like, oh, that's pretty apparent that she's the big bad. But we didn't make that, you know... Um, I'm really curious because that's one of the things that... Does that, that then basically justify what Agatha did then in the TV show? Well, that's a good question. Maybe, you know, Agatha's getting her own series. Um, you know, so... But I'm wondering if, uh, and it's so amazing that you made this analogy, Ashley, in your in your column, uh, because I was wondering if we were going to get a little blowback from this, like we did with Game of Thrones with Daenerys. Do you feel like that Wanda is properly served in this movie? I mean, she does a great job. I think Olsen does a great job playing the character, and she certainly is a threat in the movie. But after spending all that time with her in WandaVision, 
and and all the other times that we spent with her as an Avenger, how how is this like a good chapter of her story? Yeah, um, that was one of the things that I left me feeling just a little bit mixed after the movie. I mean, again, amazing performance from Elizabeth Olsen. And I mean, her powers were just jaw dropping. Like there were gasps in the theater several times when she just went like full villain and she was taking no prisoners. And she basically just wipes the floor with the Illuminati. And again, it's interesting too. I think it can kind of come down to personal opinion and how you relate to and see characters because I saw like WandaVision, the more, the way it kind of, I interpret the characters, it's woman who's gone through terrible trauma and grief, and she's trying to cope as much as she can. And so I saw the end of WandaVision, um, well, at least except for the after credit scene with the creepy book, which we get into in this movie, like she was on the path to healing. So it did feel a little bit jarring to me that she went full on villain in this movie, Again, I don't think the fact that she went full on villain is out of character, but I would have liked to see a little more nuance, a little more in between before we have her just like go complete to the dark side. I would have liked to see maybe a few more steps, like a little hesitancy at first, and then you see her kind of cross that line. But again, just kind of based on my personal take on the character and how I relate to her. And I'm assuming that, you know, it kind of looks like she's gone, but no one's ever really gone in these movies so you didn't see a body yeah so even if you do see a body yeah uh, like (laughs) i don't want zombie wanda but yeah i i may feel differently about it like if she does come back and plays a role in a future story but at least for right now she felt a little like uh, denarius to me like totally by that she'd become a villain i just felt like all the pieces weren't necessarily there to get me there story-wise Mm-hmm. and just a just a minor correction she did not go to the dark side she went to the dark hole dark yes hole. Thank, sorry about that that's, oh. that's my wrong star franchise. wars, wrong, star wrong wars franchise. Band sneaking into another franchise uh bobby how did you feel about you because you were surprised as well that yeah. wanda was the big bad um how what, what did you feel about like i want to start by saying i absolutely love the character of wanda maximoff i've loved her from the comics um there's a lot that I love about the character. I will say make with her being the villain, this is probably the first time I felt bad when a villain dies because I love this character. I didn't care. Like when Thanos bit the dust, Oh, oh well, Thanos like, had that yay. coming. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no pun intended you know. there folks. Yeah. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know, you know, when, you know, the red skull goes, yeah, he had that coming. He's a bad guy. You know, I wanted Wanda to 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 find her way back, mm-hmm. you know, because Wanda in the comics has a long history of being manipulated or being taken over or going mental 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 issues making her do things. Obviously, and and they cherry picked a lot of those for this. Like uh, she's in the Tower of Chiton, and Chiton was the first demon that like took her over and turned her evil and all that stuff. So. I want. I was hoping that there was some way for her to come out of this. After a while, I realized with everything she's doing, there's there's just no way. You know, there's there's no coming back from some of the stuff she does. Um, but that said, I still like the way they handled Wanda. I mean, in the comics, Wanda is probably the second most powerful person born on the planet Earth in the Marvel Universe. So the fact that she took out the Illuminati did not surprise me. You know. 
because she has, I mean, her powers are pretty, pretty substantial. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so I liked all that. I liked what they did with her. And I, you know, and even at the end, she does get that moment where she's like, this is wrong. I've got to, you know, but yeah, there was no, she's never going to come out of it being a hero and an Avenger. Uh, you know, I, you kind of realize that going as the movie goes along, mm-hmm. but, but what? I felt bad when she, at the end, when she, she's, she quote unquote dies. Hmm. It was interesting though, because it took her kids fearing her to yes. make her realize how far over the edge she went. And I think that opened her eyes and it was interesting too, because I was fully expecting, you know, cause it was, they just showed Wanda raising the children and I would have loved to seen vision, even an alternate version yeah. of mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. and everything. I thought that would have been the icing on the cake on that. Yeah. And yeah, even if it was just a human version of him was yeah. well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. That would have been cool. And you know, I thought that would have finished it off really nicely. And for her to see the two, her the the other alternate Wanda and Vision together, I thought would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was I sad to see her go? Yes and no. She'll be back. You know, <laughs> it's Marvel, so. But do I think it's going? It was. It, I like how it was handled. I loved seeing the mountain because that's very deep in lore and Marvel. Wonder War Mountain. I almost was hoping to see the high evolutionary there or something, mm-hmm. you know. But it was interesting to see that you know how they were tying it in, and for her to take out the Illuminati just like that was was awesome, and all those Ultrons and literally. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even herself. That was just her doing the dream, you know. The yeah, the walk, yeah. Walk, the skin walk, skin, was it skin walking, dream walking, yeah. or something like that. Dream walking, yeah, yeah. Because that's you know when because when Strange did that, she says, "Oh, using my thing, cheater," you know. <laughs> uh, but it was really, really well done, and those heroes did not die, you know, nicely. They each one was a brutal no. death, and. Probably the most, some of the most brutal deaths we've ever seen in the MCU. Oh, I think. Uh, this, yeah. is, this is the first Thanks, time. Thanks, Sam. This is <laughs> this is the first time where I've seen a lot of people going, "Don't take your kids to." No, this. do not take yeah, a kid. To don't this take one. your little. Yeah, kid it's to like this. covering their eyes, like look away. Yeah, because there were at right, the theater, there were kids probably seven, eight years old, wow. and you know that's why you know the, I heard a lot of people complaining that it got a PG thirteen rating because you know there wasn't a lot of gore. I will say this, or, you know, there wasn't even really a ton of blood, but, you know, but like, you know, they had face wounds and stuff like that, you know, scrapes, but they didn't show Um, when, you know, at least they didn't show, they implied what happened to Captain Carter. They didn't show it at least. No, they showed what happened to Black. Oh, well, (laughs) yes. But you know what? But he had the incredible like costume because it it held his brains in. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and an R-rated movie, they would have like it would have yep. been scanners all over again. Yeah. But uh, and Reed's death looked very painful. Oh God, yes. Ooh, yeah. Um, and Xavier's uh, was just yeah. like, oh. yeah. So I found it. You know, I just did find it very interesting. Um, but you know, I like how they pulled the wool over our eyes with Scarlet Witch because I was fully expecting it to be nightmare or. 
you know, one or Dormammu again, or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. one of those villains because there's so many villains to choose from in the Doctor Strange universe. But you know, then when we get you know it being Scarlet Witch, I was like, it made sense, especially how they ended the series. You know that she was she was doing the Darkhold, but then she heard the voices of mom mom you know at the end of it that you know it fit perfectly in and it's like oh this does make sense because i was and then you know stephen strange was of course you know kicking himself for letting you know that letting her know oh this is where we're keeping america chavez you know it's like (laughs) dumbass i do love the line wait you 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 told the person trying to kill me (laughs) you went to the person trying to kill me for help (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, he didn't know. He didn't know. But still and she didn't tell him. <laughs> yep. True. So. Um I uh yeah, I do wonder if uh I do find it interesting that um it looks like Sam and company who worked on this movie was really disconnected from the, the show WandaVision. Which I, I think that explains why it looks kind of rough what happens at the end of WandaVision with what happens here in terms of um, the, the last thing we see of her in WandaVision is her, you know, looking through the dark hold. And the next thing we see, she's gone full out villain. I mean, she's the one who's responsible for, you know, going after uh, America in the multiverse. I mean, she's been, who knows how long she's been going after mm-hmm. Cause it sounds like America has been on the run for a while now. Yeah. Um, so uh uh, so yeah, it is very, it's very strange that, you know, especially under Feige's watch that that would, that sort of disconnect would happen. But, um, but like I said, I think Olsen makes a great villain. Mm-hmm. I think she does, she has some great lines. She's really chilling in her performances. Like when she goes up against the Illuminati and, and right before she kills Reed, you know, she asks him like, uh you know if uh if their mother is still alive and she's like yes and he's like good because then they'll have someone to look after him like it's just like it i mean she's chilling and going through that whole scene where she's chasing them she's got the the blood on her face the and it looks just so demonic um she goes i mean it's she looks like one of the worst villains in the mcu that you'd ever want to meet yeah um, it's a good way to put it and actually. uh uh it's just yeah terrifying and so at that point obviously there's no redemption for her she has to die at the end of this right i mean she has to there's no way there, her redemption story i figured when she was attacking the temple i was like i don't see how she's coming out of this mm-hmm. as a re- with a redemption story maybe they could blame some of this on the dark hole like oh she was possessed by the dark hole just like you know they're not they're obviously they're not blaming the other wanda for what happened on that planet, 838, right? Because uh, she went back to her kids and everything. She's fine, even though she just killed them. Like, they have no heroes left. <laughs> the Illuminati is gone, except for one guy, right? Yep, Baron Mordo is um, still there. <laughs> so, uh, so that's Wanda. She's a big chunk of this. We also get introduced to America Chavez. Um, I was aware of this character from the comics. I think she's a relatively new creation from the comics. Uh, but I had not seen her at all. I knew nothing, absolutely nothing about her and her abilities. 
Um, Ashley, what did you think of the introduction of America Chavez? Yeah, I was really um, intrigued by this character. I thought her powers were super interesting. I mean, that she can basically punch portals to the multiverse. And I also like the idea that she's the only one. Like you have these multiple Doctor Stranges, these multiple Wandas scattered across the multiverse, but there is only one America Chavez. So just again, you know, curious, like, how did she get this power? Why is there only one? And um, so, yeah, I thought it was really intriguing. And then it's always kind of interesting to see that um, mentor type relationship, like Doctor Strange taking on a younger superhero, kind of similar to Hawkeye, mentoring Kate Bishop and so on. So it was cool to see her powers. I was looking up a little bit about this character after the movie, just because I wasn't familiar with her. And then um, saw things about like the uh, young Avengers. And I would be really excited to see her with some of these other new characters like um, Yelena and Kate Bishop. So it's fun to see. Definitely getting a lot of young Avengers uh, (laughs) introduced in this, in this phase. Yeah. Cause Billy and Tommy are young Avengers. Yeah. Yep, yep, and true. I mean, it's just so fascinating to me when I think back to when I first watched the Iron Man movie, if you come to me and say, in the future, you're going to see an MCU movie about a teenager who punches holes in the Mertaverse and they're shaped like blue stars. I would have been like, what are you talking about? But like they do it so well. And I'm like, of course, there is this girl with this power out there. So, yeah, I was really intrigued and I'm excited to see what role she'll play in uh, the future. Just in do not get any wasps around her or anything like that. <laughs> she'll she'll shove your ass into another dimension. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. And I, I do love too because it is a it is a trope of the comics, especially years ago. Doctor Strange always had an apprentice. Oh, cool. So, and we see a few of them in this movie. The I forget his, the character's name, but the green. Monster with the Horns mm, was an yeah. apprentice in the comic for quite a while. Um, certainly our uh, Clea, uh, who we see at the very end of the movie, yes. uh, was played, was played a, by Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron, oh yes. yes. And uh, she was a, she was a disciple, or a, a, a disciple, is that the word? Uh, anyway, she, she was uh, an apprentice, apprentice of his. And thank you, and um, also a love interest in a part of it, but she was an apprentice to him as well. So, so I like that they kind of did that with with America, kind of he's take because it because that felt very Doctor Strange like, you know, to take someone because you know, I there's a lot of changes in, in how Doctor Strange he's a lot more like the original comics Doctor Strange was not this guy making smart ass comments and you know. Um, and obviously, you know, so the, there, there's those kind of differences, like where he calls a kid all the time, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, was, but I, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. Sorry, Bobby, was, yeah. was Sarah, um, the, the woman who, um, gets rid of the dark hold in our universe. Was she from the comics as well? I thought that, I thought she might've been possible. Familiar. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. I did. I did. I, did I, I didn't recognize from where, but it's possible. Cause like I said, he's had a lot of of right. people and i know right now they're doing I'm, I'm not reading it but i know they're doing a like dr strange has an academy full of apprentices. right that's teams. right he does yeah so um and 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 like i said I, I saw different things that they pulled and you could tell where they pulled them from like one of my favorites was when the the creature is attacking america and we don't see it until he makes it visible you know that's mm-hmm. right out of the the uh the Chris Bochlow, uh, Jason Aaron, Mark, run yep. with all the yeah, with yeah all I recognize the, that yeah. too. That was awesome. That was really well done. Yeah. So, so they pull a lot of stuff 
like that. And I thought that was really, really well done. And we did get the one zombie, you know, the one zombie, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. the, the one zombie. And then the, you know, the, I'm get, I'm assuming that's the eye of Agamotto, which is in his head, you know, I was but, assuming that's what it is. Cause you saw that yeah. plenty of times in the comic. And yeah. I was just like, you know, somebody next to me was like, Oh, is that because he he did the dark hold? I says, no, it's right from the comics. Yeah. And I also like as he read the comics. Yeah. I also like the fact too that when we started with the first Doctor Strange appearance, we were not he doesn't have everything. No, not at you all. You know, like like in this one, he had to find the Vishanti, the book of the Vishanti. You know, he, it wasn't just already there, you know, things like that. I love that we're not just we didn't just start out, here's everything he's ever had that they're introducing those things as we go along. And I, I, I liked it. I thought that it was a pretty cool way to introduce the book because the book plays such a big role in the comics. That's kind of the thing he goes back to over and over and over again. Oh yeah. But he's also Sorcerer um, Supreme in the comics. <laughs> well, yeah, in the comics, he is Sorcerer. But, but you know what? I'm kind of glad he's not here. I want to yeah. see him grow into that, mm-hmm. you know? I'm, you know, I figure eventually he'll get there, but I, yeah, I want to see him. I want to see him. I just hope that means that we lose Wong if he is, because I'm like, I don't want to lose Wong. I know. I don't either. So maybe they can share the title. (laughs) Yeah. And, and Wong is, I love what they do with Wong because, you know, in the comics, Wong is just the manservant slash bodyguard. He serves tea and fights off people that come to the house that aren't supposed to be there. You know, so the fact that the movies have made Wong you know, this Sorcerer Supreme, that Wong is, you know, (laughs) and Wong is certainly more well-versed in all this stuff than Strange, you know, Mm -hmm. like in Spider-Man, he's like, don't do it, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so I I love that. I I think, you know, Wong has become a much richer character in the movies than he was in the comics, and, you know, I I think they play him very well. Um, It looks like uh, we're going to, because of America Chavez's powers, it looks like, and the fact that she can go between uh, multiverses, and I don't, you know, that's obviously still going to be a thing. Um, I uh, I think she's played really well by, uh, I think it's Zochidi Gomez. I might be butchering that name, but Miss Gomez does a amazing job. I thought she's really compelling. I, I want to, I don't, I, yeah, she didn't annoy me. I want to see this character again. I want to find out more about her story. I want her to find her mother's uh i thought that was really compelling as well um mike did, are you looking forward to seeing more of her did you like i her did like her i thought she was a very well written character and i like that we got her right from the very beginning and you know it was interesting her you know being betrayed by the other doctor strange and it was you know and you know her building trying to build trust with the are Doctor Strange. And so I found a lot of that very, very interesting to see. And I liked how it didn't feel like a buddy film, but it felt like she was a good companion for Doctor Strange. And in a lot of ways, humanized him a lot compared mm-hmm. yeah. to in the first movie. And because yeah, I wonder where they got that idea. That, that companion is just supposed to be yeah. uh, mm, doctor, companion, yeah. time travel. How does that work? <laughs> yeah, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but yeah, no, I liked her a lot, and I liked that she was coming into her own and figuring out her powers also in this, and not just having to be scared to use her powers. And then you know, I'm glad that she wanted to learn how to do magic, and you know. 
signed up for the academy. So I thought that was a pretty nice and it rounded her story off really, really well. And I'd like to see her again. I could see her even popping up in something like Ms. Marvel or something, you know, they're about the same age, you know, type thing. And that, like you, we've been saying young Avengers is gotta be coming, you know, with so much, you know, even had kid Loki, you know, could be possibly in it and such. (laughs) It's possible. Um, yeah, I, I liked her too. Um, and I think, like I said, I think we're going to see more of her. I think she's she's definitely someone who has, you know, I was, I was kind of surprised that we didn't see some uh, form of Kang in this with all mm, this talk yeah. about the multiverse. You know, I didn't mean to see Loki, but with what's going on with Loki's series as well, it, the multiverse seems to be like uh, that his domain, right? So... I'm kind of uh I thought maybe we'd see him in a cut scene or something but or a after credit scene or something and at least tie that in but we'll see how all that you, has to do with that. You never know though, um, Mikey. You could have seen him in one of those very quick cuts that they did when they first hmm. were traveling the multiverse. Well, maybe, but that's that's yeah, it wouldn't do any good. Um, you know, that's for that's for, you know, we saw we saw uh, Raimi's old uh, Delta Oldsmobile in the, in one of those shots. That's in, that's what you expect to see one of those things, right? Because yeah. um, that's in every Raimi movie. And a Bruce um, Campbell. And a, oh, and a Bruce Campbell. Yeah, we saw a lot of him, yeah. Mister Pizza Papa. Oh yeah. Uh, oh God, <laughs> that was funny as hell. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I, yes, I loved the, the I loved the the finale credit scene with him. I thought that was hilarious. It's over. <laughs> and, yep. And can no, we also uh, go ahead? I didn't Bobby, see a, I didn't see a Ted Raimi, but someone told me that he was voicing the 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 race. So I I don't know if that's true, but someone told me that. But well, he did have a history of racing of, of voicing the uh, Deadites mm-hmm. uh, in the Evil Dead movies, so that would make sense. Yeah. Um, that would be a nice connection there. Um, I, I would also like to say because I did not really expect it in this movie, and can we just put a like stop? Uh, to any more mentions of spider-man having webbing coming out of his butt i mean that is like a that is like such a over joke like it's just it's been told so many times it's like and it's and it's in a doctor strange movie why like it just doesn't it, that felt flat to me sorry uh that's a that's a criticism there but um uh but i'm really curious what you all feel we've talked about everybody else but we have not talked about dr stephen strange himself Who? Does Stephen Strange get get kind of buried in his own movie here? Does he have a great arc? Is this a good Doctor Strange movie? Ashley, how did you feel about the character of Stephen himself in this? Yeah, no, I thought he had an interesting arc. I I almost feel that sometimes like Wanda in America did steal the stage from him a little bit. I mean, both good characters and I would have liked to see just maybe a little bit more from him, but I think we definitely are seeing um, the maturity of Stephen Strange after all he's been through with his experiences in the first movie and um, also through like Infinity War and Endgame. And I also like that he and his love interest played by Rachel McAdams. I can't believe her name is Christine. Yeah, I like that they... I'm sorry. Did she? Did they not say it enough? Yeah, I know. I know. Really. I'm sorry. I, like brain, just like poof, evaporated. <laughs> no, it, but um, yeah, Christine. I like that they made peace, but I also appreciated that they 
didn't necessarily get back together and everything worked out from him perfectly. I get, I think again, it's kind of a lesson. Some t- like he made mistakes and you pushed her away. And even though they can find forgiveness, that doesn't mean that she's just necessarily going to take him back. So I feel like he was able to kind of learn and grow beyond that. Like we see him wanting to help other people and kind of learning more skills with magic and I thought his conversation his decision to use the dark hold was interesting because I felt like he he wasn't just doing it just like oh I'll just throw this out and try it like he knew the consequences he knew the potential danger but he was willing to put himself at risk and do that anyway to help America and help the multiverse so I think we're definitely seeing him uh, grow as a character and I'm excited to continue seeing him in MCU stories yeah, Wanda keeps asking him, said both at the beginning and at the end, it's like, you do these things. I, I do these things yeah. and I'm a bad guy, right? You do these things and you're a hero. What's the diff? Like she she honestly doesn't understand that. Unfortunately, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't know the difference. It's yeah. like not just the not just the ends justify the means, right? Like yeah. she doesn't get that. Well, I, I think too uh, the 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 one of the things I I I noticed and, and it could just be me overthinking it. But one of the things that both Wanda and Steven really have in common is they are both suffering a little bit from some PTSD from having been wiped out of existence for five years. Yeah. You know, the because we I you really see it at the wedding. Steven is very, you know, it takes this emergency where, with America being attacked to kind of spur him that mm-hmm. he's kind of just there, especially when he's talking with the 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 other guy, you know. You can see that Steven's just like, oh, you know, there's a lot to pack. You know, that's a lot to to I'm assuming to, you know, to 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 deal with. Plus, you know, not only that, Steven come back and had to, you know, fight this big war. You know, he's gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. And and Wanda has too. Wanda went through all of the same stuff Steven did, but then Wanda had the events of WandaVision, which kind of pushed her over the edge like had had agatha harkness done this to stephen would stephen have been mm-hmm. would stephen have point. gone over the edge there's you a good what if story yeah mm-hmm. that's really interesting i like that yeah like swap that. swap their well places well out, you know? we've already seen what it takes in a what if story to have stephen go over the oh, edge. Yeah. that we've already right. seen well yeah losing christine right mm-hmm. yeah. see so you know whereas you know, so losing Christine sends him that way. Losing her kids sent Wanda that way. So it's mm-hmm. it wouldn't have taken much for them to have switched places. Well, you know, yeah. if this if this movie was called Scarlet Witch in the Multitude of Madness, Stephen would have been the bad guy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. But it was interesting too because you know you had that guy at the wedding. You know, like you know, oh, it's because of you that you know I turned to dust. My two cats. Well, that... they don't like each other anyway. Oh no, and those two guys yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah. Poking they were poking other. at each other anyway. Because well, like, that's the guy. That's the guy that worked on his hands in the first movie. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I had to look that up. I didn't just know that. I had to look that up. Because <laughs> I was sitting there watching it, going like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Yeah, who's this schmuck? Like, this guy gets like this guy gets like a full face card credit. Who the hell is? This? Oh, I yeah. know. At the end. <laughs> it's like, yeah, were they desperate for that many people? Because you know like i said last week i was fully expecting even more cameos or more versions of doctor strange to be mm-hmm. show up and i'm glad they didn't i think this was perfect cuz technically we only saw four versions of doctor strange in this and so you know i thought that was more than enough 
you know, and I think, you know, it look, I will say this, his gray and his hair look kind of fake. Henry, mm-hmm. you know, that I will, I will say, cause you know, he's known for that and yeah. everything, but they, I, I hadn't noticed it really in any of the other movies. This one, it was very prominent and it was just like, no, that's not working there for me. He seems like the guy that would like fake, like, like, yeah, like color put tip. it in yeah. his hair. Not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the one, thing, the one thing I wish I would ho- just uh, as a fanboy moment, I was kind of hoping that at least one of the alternate Doctor Stranges would just have the mustache. Oh, because the Fu Manchu yeah, that's mustache. how he looked in the yeah. comic. Yeah, because he just had yeah. the mustache for so many years. Mm-hmm. That. Exactly, he got the yeah. goatee later. Um, it was also interesting. I was also hoping because um, you did see it. Um, the Doctor Strange that was on the Illuminati world. He had the blue cape that Doctor Strange first had in the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed and, that. And you know, because he didn't get the red cape till much later, and so that was pretty awesome to see. Just the little touches, and they they knocked mm-hmm. it out of the ballpark with it. it was a lot yeah, fun. I think I think there is a little bit that I mean, Strange is himself. Strange himself as a character, I think, did get a little bit buried in this. I did find his uh, literally got the other iterations of him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did find the other other iterations of him a little bit more interesting than the main 6161 himself uh but i'm you know now that he has sort of got a little bit of dark hold in him um it is kind of interesting to see where that character does go and he does go at the end uh he does leave uh he goes off on adventure with uh clea which is going to be interesting so um so there's more doctor strange to come it, i think it does say doctor strange will return mm-hmm. at the end of this, right we don't know if it's going to be his own movie or what but he's coming back um so overall uh final thoughts on this one we'll start with you ashley and i especially want to know how you feel about how confident you are that this is still gonna be the one that beat thor this summer yeah i i am really curious to see now like it had a big opening weekend i think people are curious just because it is a little bit darker in theme i don't know like repeat viewings or people taking their kids to it I could see like if Thor is a little more lighthearted and I could see it going gangbusters, but yeah, I think anything is possible. And I think that we're just, like I said earlier, we're in one of the most exciting phases of the MCU. I have no idea where it's going. And I think that's really cool. I love that they're playing around with the multiverse, new characters, new powers. And like each time I see one of these movies, I'm just excited to go to the next one and see what else they're going to uncover. And I can't wait to in 10 years or so jump on a podcast and we'll be talking about the huge epic multiverse team up movie with all these characters. So it's going to be fun to see what comes next. What do you mean a podcast? You don't think we're going to still be around? <laughs> no, I meant like this podcast. Wow, like, we're actually. Doing a podcast. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have phrased that well, better. Well, I you meant, remember, um, Mike, we're old compared to her. So we no. might be you know, somewhere <laughs> else. It's true. I meant true. as we're doing a podcast episode of ESO talking about this. So. That's right. With AIs, Mike and Mike. Yeah. The holograms <laughs> will be here. Yeah. Might need that. Or, you know. Uh, Bobby, your final thoughts? overall on dr strange and the multiverse of madness i loved it i i I, you know it was uh it was a just a fantastic uh mcu adventure um i loved it i i do want to see it again um i always catch stuff on that second viewing that i missed the first time and my ooing and aahing over the fanboy moments um 
I will. I also want to give them a lot of credit. The fact that we had, I had no idea Mr. Fantastic or Clea were going to show up, showed up in this. And I think that that's probably smart because people were like, oh yeah, they put, you know, we hear Patrick Stewart in the trailer. I think that's why they did it. Cause we figured that's all we're getting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, that's what we're getting. Okay. But um, so, yes, yeah, so I loved it. There were, there were a lot of great fanboy moments for me. Um, but just as a movie on its own, I was riveted from start to finish. And so, yeah, I give it a big, big thumbs up. I do think Thor will probably beat it just because Thor is more accessible to a larger audience. Then again, I also know a lot of comics purists hated the last one because they didn't like the lighthearted nature. Right. Um, which is weird because a lot of the Thor comics were very lighthearted, but um, yeah. So I think Thor will just because it has more appeal, and the Guardians are in it, and the Guardians mm, have yeah. such a large appeal. I suspect that will put them over as the bigger one. But then again, a lot of people went into this movie thinking they were going to see the X Men. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's still looking for that door for the, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, oh. right? To come to come into the parading into the MCU and nope, we're still going to have to wait. I feel I still feel like uh, Kevin's got a plan for that, mm-hmm. but he just loves to like keep teasing it. Like Yeah. <laughs> he knows he has us hooked, so he can bide his time. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. So true. Uh Mike, what are your overall final thoughts on for now? For now, on Doctor I Trump. think the movie deserves a second viewing. And I don't know if I'll go to the movies and see it or if I'll wait till it's on Disney in a few months. I just, I enjoyed it. Um, Is it my favorite Marvel movie? No, not by far. But it was enjoyable. It was a great afternoon popcorn movie. And that's what I was hoping for. And, you know, people were like complaining about the gore or, you know, how violent. And it's like I was waiting for it. And I was like, okay, didn't see it. All right. It was okay. But it's definitely not for kids. Definitely not for kids. Um, liking how they built more of the legend of Doctor Strange between this and Spider-Man. I thought we got some very good rep- representation of him. And I'm looking forward to seeing what comes next. I am as well. Yes, I, I did. I actually enjoyed this one uh, more than the first one. Uh, so I think they're on a, a really good run. Uh, I, every time I see a Doctor Strange thing, I think it's a, a better, a better. Not that I hated the first one or anything. I just, uh, uh, I just enjoyed this one. I think uh, Sam did a great job bringing this vision to life, working within the MCU. Obviously, it's not as stylized as some of his other movies, uh, but I think um, you know, I don't. I understand that um, behind the scenes should probably this will he probably not be working with them again <laughs> because I think I do think he felt a bit con- uh, constrained mm-hmm. a little bit um, but uh, I do feel like this is a good thing to have on his resume uh, I think that uh, the new characters that are introduced are great I- I'm a little bit um, still uncertain about Wanda's story and how it ends here um, I-, I don't know if i appreciate that that much um so i guess we'll see what the fallout is from that um but otherwise i think uh yeah i think they've got marvel's got another winner on there (laughs) big surprise right um i am i am calling into question though whether i was pretty confident that this one was going to beat thor but i don't know if the rewatchability factor Mm -hmm. on this one is as strong um so i don't know if thor will open as strong as this one 
but I think the I think more people will see Thor again and again mm-hmm. uh, more than this one. So I do think that that'll make a difference. So. So anyway, uh, we definitely want to hear from you all out there and how what you guys thought about Doctor Strange as well as Moon Knight and what's going on with the MCU. So feel free to reach out to us. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to close out the show. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela. And this week, this geek girl is talking about Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. I just got back like an hour ago from watching Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, and I have some thoughts, which I may have more later, so this may be two segments. First off, if you have not seen the new Doctor Strange movie, skip ahead because there will be spoilers. Okay, so this film started off with action, and it kept going throughout the entire film. The theme of this movie was, are you happy? And it seemed to go along with Doctor Strange, Wanda, and everyone. Because let's face it, Universe 616 isn't the universe where any of these characters are meant to be happy. And that's the truth. Especially after watching Spider-Man No Way Home the night before. Really, those are my thoughts. We get thrown in and we meet America Chavez right away. And she is wonderful. I really love how they gave us that teenager who was confused eats a lot. Like, I really want to try pizza balls now. They looked amazing. And just overall, I really loved this character. She was, you know, your typical scared, confused, but strong teenager. And I really can't wait to see more of her in the Marvel Universe. I am still sad with the direction they took Wanda in. I know they've been trying to basically phase out some of the characters, but I really hate the scorned female who is turned into a villain because I feel like there was so much more they could have done with her, but at least in the end, she did have her own mind and she made a noble choice. So yeah, but I'm still just so tired of the woman going bad because of this one thing that happened to her. I, it makes me sad. The cameos of characters in this movie. Holy cow. I still scream over how awful the Inhumans TV show was. And it makes me so sad because the Inhumans is one of my favorite Marvel comics. But getting to see Black Bolt in a Marvel film made me so incredibly happy. I wish Lockjaw could have been there. But I'm also really happy that he wasn't because I would have had to have watched him possibly die. So I'm really, really happy I didn't have to cry about that also since my eyes were watering a lot. Also, holy cow, Professor X in the yellow wheelchair. I was internally happy screaming throughout this entire part of the movie because, oh my goodness, I really enjoyed this film. I am really interested to see what we get next, especially with that ending credits scene, since I'd been wondering if we ever would get Clea. And I mean, now we have her. So what's going to happen next? Because I'm pretty sure we're getting a third Doctor Strange movie now after that. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Hey, Martha. What? Do you like nerd stuff? I do. And do you like adult beverages? I super do. (laughs) Well, then you should join us with a drink. With a drink. With a drink. Um, But first, let's talk nerdy. Clink. (laughs) On the ESO Network. We'll see you on Tuesday. Maybe next Tuesday. Maybe. 
that's going to wrap up another episode of the Air Station One podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us and I hope you enjoyed our look at two Marvel projects. Not just one, but two. It was actually a ton of fun and let's thank our guests for being here. Mr. Bobby Nash, time to get back in the airlock, buddy. Oh, yeah. The multiverse awaits. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, thank, I, it's always great coming up here and chatting with you guys and I've had a blast tonight. Question, does, you know, seeing stuff like this, does that inspire you for your stories also? Oh, or? yeah. It's it's funny when, when in the Doctor Strange movie, when, he, when they first go to kind of like the little place that's in the middle of the multiverse, like the, the path of the crossroads. Or, well, they don't call it the cross, the nexus, I think is what they call it. Yeah. I wrote a, I wrote a novel a few years ago called The uh, Crisis at the Crossroads of Infinity, which featured a superhero from another publisher. And that scene is almost the exact same thing I wrote in mine. And I'm like, oh, we're thinking along the same lines. Yes. You know? <laughs> and so seeing, yeah. So seeing that, it's like, ooh, you know, I imagine what it would look like if my character showed up. And That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That is awesome. And it'd be great if, you know, you become as rich and famous and we could see your stuff up on the big screen like that. That would be awesome. Yes. yes, forget that release the Raimi cut. Let's make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> release the Nash cut. Release yeah. the Nash right, yes. The Nash cut. Exactly. Bobby, anything you want to shout out for? Um, I would just like to give a big shout out to the Pulp Factory Award winners. Uh, the Pulp Factory Awards were given out at the Windy City Pulp and Paper Con over the weekend. And um, uh, from a personal note, uh, Brian K. Morris won for Best Short Story for his Snow Short, Snow Ambition, which I published and features my, my character of Abraham Snow. Uh, it was also edited by Mr. Mike Gordon. And, uh, yes. Awesome. And, cool. um, and, you know, but uh, Charles Millhouse won for uh, for Best Novel for a Captain Hawkland novel. Um Pulp Reality 2 won for Best Cover and Best Anthology. And one of the, uh, Stephen, I forget his last name, sorry, won for Best Interior Artist for Pulp Reality 3. And I was in all of those books except the Captain Hawkland one. So, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty cool. Awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome. And Ashley, thank you as always. It's weird even thinking about doing a movie review without you here. So it's awesome to have you back. It's fun. Like every time I walk out of the movie, it's like, oh, I can't wait to discuss this on ESO. I try to think of all the questions and things I want to come up with. So it's always fun chatting with you guys about movies. That is awesome. Anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, I want to give a shout out tonight. You know, we were talking about Doctor Strange, but there is a new doctor entering the multiverse. I would like to give a shout out to the new actor who will be playing the doctor on Doctor Who. So, And how do you say his name? I, I'm afraid. That's why I tried to avoid it. So I was like, I'm welcome doctor. I'm just going to call him the doctor. So, <laughs> but yeah, I am excited. Uh, I thought Jody Whitaker did a great job, but it's always new to see night. Cool to see somebody new into the TARDIS. So looking forward to seeing what adventures this new doctor is going to go on. So best of luck to the cast and crew and can't wait to see it. Absolutely. Oh, exactly. And, you know, we're going to test you every time you come on. We're going to try <laughs> have you pronounce the name of the new doctor. I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice. <laughs> well, I think there's going to be a lot of drinking involved on ESW for years to come. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. I think it's so, like, wait, you guys don't drink now? <laughs> no, no, I mean the listeners. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. No, no, there's a tradition that people take a shot every time we mispronounce something on one of our shows. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think, yeah, that the, the we're going to have some pretty uh, drunk listeners. Gotcha. I was because I was going to say when the way to pronounce his name is Shudi Gatawa. Shudi Gatawa. Well, yes. welcome the, to the the end is silent. 
welcome to the uh, Doctor Who uh, franchise and excited to see what comes next. And what is his name? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not do that to you, but I'll do it to Mike. No. Yeah, <laughs> there's a test we'll go around here. Exactly. Each one of us. Drink up, my friends. And Mr. Mike Gordon, we made it through another one. I know we had some sadness to talk about, actually, for our show. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, we did. It's always a pleasure uh, talking about the MCU stuff, especially with uh, these folks and, and, and everything. But yes, we did uh, unfortunately lose two people who were largely responsible for a lot of the what happened in the comics, uh, Marvel-wise and DC-wise. Two, man, if there was a Mount Rushmore of comic artists, these two guys that we lost in just a span of like, what, 10 days or so, um, were, would be among them uh neil adams and george perez um it's it's i i don't know if i you know if i can say everything that i that should be said here but the fact is that they were both very inspirational not just uh you know to comics as as a medium and storytelling but to me personally uh growing up as a big batman fan and as a wonder woman fan uh and a teen titans fan and just a fan of comics in general uh these two artists were big influence on how i view the characters how i look at storytelling from a sequential art point of view uh i don't think you can't you cannot overstate their impact on the genre or on comics in general storytelling um some of the characters that we even talked about today probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those two gentlemen in some way um so uh we've already talked about uh we've 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 had an episode where we spotlight um george perez um he was not actually on the episode but we did uh try to uh, and bobby i know you were on that episode as well uh you can look for that at his earth station one episode 322 so it was a little while ago 2016 can you believe it and we do have one scheduled up this year to record where we look in detail at uh, the career of Neil Adams. So I look forward to discussing that further. But um, yeah. No, that's totally understandable. Neil and George were two classics and their art styles were very highly high detailed. And it, in a lot of ways, they were to me, they were the artists that could draw almost any character and make them look perfect. And that's some of the stuff I loved about them. Uh, and it, you know, I grew up with both of them, you know, from the first time I saw Neil Adams draw Batman all the way to George's Teen Titans or his Avengers or when he did JLA Avengers. It was just amazing stuff. The per- If you ever wanted to do a team book, George was the person to go to. If you ever wanted a great high detailed, high drama comic, you would have Neil Adams. And it's pretty amazing what um, you had. And it's it's pretty awesome. I loved, you know, his work. I loved both their works. I What am I saying? Um, they both were amazing. They're both in my collections multiple times. And one was a really nice, personable guy. The other kind of cankerous and could be could be yeah, could be yeah and so i you know i've met them both and you know i've enjoyed meeting them and i'm very fortunate for it and that's the best you know i can say we the places could be a 
lot sadder for it. And, you know, if you get a chance, folks, check out their work. Definitely recommend it. And you know what? I think that's where we'll end the show tonight. Um, Join us again next week when we are going to be talking all about Picard Season 1. Or actually, Season 2. What am I saying? (laughs) Picard Season 2. That's right. We just got done with uh, the series last week, and so I thought it would be fitting for us to chat about it. And time traveling back to the 20th century, 21st century of Star Trek. And, you know, in other words, they had a lower budget, so they just had to go on the streets of Los Angeles. So it was fun to watch. It was real exciting to see. We're going to have a great crew to talk all about it. But, you know, of course we want to hear from you guys before that. Please, feedback at earthstation1.com. You know, we definitely would love to hear from you guys, hear what's going on. Did you guys like the movies? Did you like the TV show? Um, Are you looking forward to seeing what's next? Because Marvel just keeps on pumping them out. And (laughs) I guess, you know, there's no end in sight for right now, which is very good for us. Gives us something to talk about. Exactly. (laughs) And and who would have thought that they could take these what are technically C-list characters and make them this popular. Well, exactly. You know, how many, like we said to Ashley, how many people had heard of Moon Knight before the series even and everything? And, you know, you're going to have the same thing with Ms. Marvel coming up. And then after that, you have She-Hulk. You know, these are not major league, you know, characters, folks. But, you know, people are going to be watching them and people are going to be talking about them. So buy those comics quickly before they go up in value too, you know. Just saying. So check it out. So join us again, like we said, next week is Picard. So as always, thank you for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We're powered by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you can find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now TuneIn Radio. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ashley Pauls, and Bobby Nash. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you here next time on Earth Station One. Stay safe, hug your loved ones, and just remember, have fun, and don't go into that multiverse, folks. That's all we have to say. Peace, and we will see you. And we're done. Boom. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.